take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. And for those of you watching, a special video podcast mm-hmm. of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And please subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on a relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. Mm -hmm. You know, today we're going to be talking about um, kind of a pretty serious topic here. And the topic is about... Controversial. Controversial topic. Yes. Controversial topic. And the topic is about pornography. Mm -hmm. And specifically... 10 reasons why pornography is not real and how it severely negatively impacts your relationship. Unfortunately, today, I think most people learn about sexuality through pornography and it has become such a mainstream thing to do, right? It's, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have the internet yet. Did they, did you have internet? Yeah. We, we, we just started to have the you internet. Yeah. There was like, America online. Remember the dial up. Yeah. So I was already a mom when that came up. Yeah. Right. And, you know, before that you had to like go down to, I don't know, 7-Eleven and get a magazine or Mm -hmm. you had to go into the city to go to a movie house or something. I mean, it was like a, a, a deviant thing to do. It wasn't a normal thing that you did. Right. Right. And so now it's on your phone. It's on your TV. It's, it's readily accessible. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me, my introduction to pornography was actually in uh, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And there was a kid that moved into the neighborhood and, you know, kind of joined our school at sixth grade. And he started uh, bringing Playboys, like his dad's Playboys, to school and was selling it to, you know, mm-hmm. all my other, you know, male classmates. And so that was like my first like introduction to pornography and it, you know, it was always shrouded with and, and like coincided with shame and, you know, secret secrecy, sure, like anything something you're not to, supposed to do. Right, right. Anything we hide. Right. We have shame about. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that the really sad thing about that is you didn't learn about it then from another person, a person right. you had feelings for a person you had to, figure out how to do something with, you know, how to, how do you get her to like you? How do you get her to, you know, want to be closer to you? It's just boom. Right. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. And now that it is so much more readily available Mm -hmm. for people, um, it has just really ramped up, right. It has become almost like this, this epidemic 
that is affecting people and relationships behind closed doors in a really negative way. And in many ways that people don't really realize, they don't yeah. really understand. And that's what I would say. It's, it isn't something you're aware of until you're aware of it, which is why we really want to talk about this topic because it seems like I'm behind closed doors. Nobody knows what I'm doing. How is this hurtful? How is it hurtful to me? And how is it hurtful to a relationship? And how is it hurtful to the society that we live in? Right. right. And, right. and it's really not someone's fault. And unfortunately, your first exposure to sexuality leaves a huge imprint on you. And however that is, that's going to carry with you through your life unless you do a lot of really deep work with your partner. You know, I, I think the really the the really worrisome thing about this is that it has become so normalized. Yeah. Right. And so it's kind of like turning the dial little by little and increasing it, right? The, the whole analogy of the frog in boiling water. Feels right? like a nice warm bath in the beginning. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, you put a frog in water and you turn on the heat, right? Well, first of all, you turn the heat on, get the, the the pot of water boiling, and you throw a frog in, it's going to jump right out. Right. Right. Because mm -hmm. it, it can tell it the can difference. Feel it. it can yeah. feel that difference. And then if you put a, a frog in water and then turn on the heat, the frog is not going to tell the difference of right. that change in heat mm -hmm. and it will actually end up boiling in the water. Right. Right. And so that's kind of what I'm saying is that in our society, this, this increase of porn and increase of sexual imagery in our media has increased little by little mm -hmm. over time. And it's gotten to a point now that we, we have become, it's become so normalized in our society that couples tend to do a lot of justification, you know, that pornography in your relationship is okay because everyone's doing it. There's a lot of people that are relationship experts that absolutely promote the use of pornography. Right. That it's okay mm -hmm. in your relationship as long as the two of you are consenting mm -hmm. and you want to make that part of your relationship. Mm -hmm. We are telling you that it is not okay. It, it, it's not okay more from, we're not talking about morals. No. We're not talking about ethics. We're really talking about if you want to have a great sex life, if you want to feel connected to your partner, if you want to bond, if you want to feel uh, safe in the world and really good, this is getting in your way. That's all we're saying, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not, we're not saying we're not, you know, coming from a moralistic right. point of view, like mm -hmm. we're saying, or, or even from a, you know, religious point of view, you know, what we're saying here is that when you start to introduce other sexual mm -hmm. imagery into your relationship, it does create a wall. It creates this veil, yeah. you know, between the couple and you're never actually able to get to that higher level of connection, right. which is something that we talk about all the time in couple synergy, right? And you know that's that's that sexual development in a couple in a relationship that not a lot of people are talking about. If we're just going to come from the perspective of it's something on a screen. Right. And so we talk about this. If you're facing this way and your partner's facing this way, this is not face to face time. This is side by side time. And so whenever you're watching something, you're immediately no longer focused on your partner. Right. You're focused on your own body, your own sensation and what you can get. And that's one thing I would say about our sexuality is if you stay focused on what you have to give, 
and your partner stays focused on what they have to give, you're going to have a great sex life. If you focus on what you can get yeah, and they're focused on what they can get, you're not going to have a great sex life. And so uh, let's start talking about the 10 reasons that, and these aren't the only reasons, but these are right. 10 reasons yeah. that we know for sure what's happening in pornography that is not real. Mm -hmm. So there is a fight the new drug movement. Yes, there's an organization called Fight the New Drug. And that's their slogan. Their slogan is yeah. uh, porn's not real. And so we wanted to talk about what does that mean? It's really real people having sex on a camera. Yes. That, that's, that's happening. Mm -hmm. But that's not the way normal people have intimacy and sexuality. Right. So number one. Uh, number one is foreplay. Mm -hmm. All right. So foreplay that is represented in pornography is actually not represented. Mm -mm. <laughs> there actually is isn't no, any no foreplay, foreplay happening, mm -hmm. you know, in pornography. Well, I, I would, I would say there's almost no foreplay happening for women in pornography. There's, there's the visual piece of women and she's servicing him in some way. Right. There, right. But no one's stimulating her or turning her on. And even if it's like a themed one. Yeah. And, you know, you know, we actually have to clarify here because foreplay isn't just about, you know, fellatio or cunnilingus. Okay. It is, there's so much more, Yes. you, you know, to foreplay, you know, just kissing alone. Right. Which is on our list too. We're going to get to that, but you know, there is this, like sexual energy and excitement and, you know, just caressing and, and, and connection, non-sexual that is part of foreplay. And that is part of this. It, and there's no, you know, buildup of that energy in any of those mm -hmm. porno, uh, pornographic relationships. Right. Right. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in the endocrine system when, when you're touched, right. Whether you go to get a massage, whether you're holding a child, petting a dog, there's all sorts of stuff going on biologically. Your heart rate is slowing down. Your um, what's happening in the endocrine system? What what is being released in there? Well, you have vasopressin mm -hmm. and oxytocin. Those are the the bonding hormones, mm -hmm. and and that's really important when it comes to creating a a long lasting right. connection with a person that you are going to have the deepest relationship with. And so what it does for women is it allows our fight or flight response to begin to settle down because, you know, a lot of times the way the female brain thinks it's aware of so much. So we're thinking about the dishes and we're thinking about the kids and we're thinking about the bills and we're thinking about, Oh, let's have sex on top of that. And it's like, Bleh! so that foreplay gives you that space and time to sort of allow those things to take their course. And for men, it allows men to feel like a protector and a provider and, and, and it empowers them to take care of their woman. And so it does both of those things and not in pornography. You don't see that at all. And especially when foreplay is not part of it would the beginning. Be, it of. would be boring to watch foreplay. If, yeah. yeah. I mean, given right. the entertainment mm -hmm. value yeah. of pornography, yes. If, if there was foreplay, then I think that people would just skip past it, right? Or yeah. fast forward through it because that's not what they're going right. to pornography for. And if you were raised on pornography, if that was your first sexual experience, you probably do find foreplay boring. 
You, you don't want to wait. You, you think it's supposed to be right instant. So we're going to get to that too, mm-hmm. because there's a desensitization that happens right. when you watch pornography. All right. So the second one is kissing. You know, just kind of briefly mentioned that, but you know, there is really no kissing that is, you know, featured in porn. And do, there's do a you reason know why? why. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why is because you have to look into a person's eyes. This, this is it's too intimate. It is way too <laughs> intimate. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like you can touch genitals, but you can't touch lips because that's more intimate. And it really is. Yes. And you, and again, a whole bunch of stuff is happening on a biological level. When you're kissing someone, you're literally breathing in what they're breathing out, which is yeah, carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide and, yeah. which it's making you a little buzz. It's again, it's taking you to that place that's allowing you to relax into something and soften and stay present. So it, it's, it's a little bit of a nature's way of, you know, sort of making you feel really good. And I think this is something that unfortunately a lot of couples start to bypass the longer they're together because of time, because of a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you had the pleasure of starting a relationship with a person and it wasn't instant sex, sexual activity, which I think for a lot of young people, it is, you did, you made out for hours, days, weeks, months, you know, that was like, you lived for that for a long period of yeah, time before yeah. you before you were a sexual person. I, I had sex for the first yeah, time. I remember that was isn't that first base? Yeah, is kissing <laughs> first base. First base is kissing, yeah. and that's like so important to a relationship mm-hmm. because it's that connection, is that bonding, and you know when you're growing up and you're adolescent, you know years, and you're trying to have that sexual, you know, connection. Mm-hmm you start with kissing and that's like the yeah. biggest deal, right? You're like, Oh, and man. it's awesome. It's, it's the best and how part many of couples a relationship. Do we know that have stopped kissing, right? They don't kiss at all anymore. You know, obviously if you guys have been listening to the podcast, we interview couples about their relationship. And we used to ask that question of how soon after you met, did you have sex? And we stopped asking it because everyone asked us to take it out because it was really, really soon, yeah, really immediate. And they didn't feel proud about that. They didn't feel good about the progression yeah. of the relationship. And you know what happens if you can slow down that that first mating, right? It's when, when you mate with someone, that's when you bond and they're they're your person, right? Right. When you slow that down through, you know, those foreplay and kissing and stuff, then you're actually creating a much deeper emotional bond and a safe, secure place in the world that um you can borrow from later on when life gets tough. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, kissing obviously is number two on our list here because it is not involved in porn. Mm-hmm. It it does signify that porn is not real because real couples connect in that way, right? And sadly, I've seen people stop liking kissing because they they feel it's like germy or gross or something like and, that. I mean, not just that. I mean, you know, oh, did I brush my teeth? Mm-hmm. I need a mint. You know, there's commercials yeah. about that, you know, that I need a mint first, you know, that someone's going to judge me, you know, or I'm not doing it correctly. I'm not doing it well, whatever that is. I mean, all of that. I mean, if you think about this, I mean, there, there's so much judgment that is attached to sexual connection 
you know, for a couple, if it starts with kissing, you're doomed already. Right. You know, if you're in that category, try doing this, try having your lips touch without opening your mouth and just breathe in and out your, your exhales and you'll get all the benefits of that. And you'll feel that connection and you don't have to worry about those things. Yeah. So number three, uh, on our list here of 10 reasons why porn is not real is there's no courting. Mm-mm. Right. Right. I mean, there's no courting. So you know, when I grew up, there was this whole like dating process, right? Mm-hmm. And and even before you're dating someone, you're you're trying to, you know, connect with the person. You're trying to get them to like you, you know, check the box if you like me, yes or no, you know. And, you know, there's this whole process of trying to create that connection that exists way before there's any type of sexual intimacy that's that's happening. Yeah, because, and this happens in most species, most species have a mating ritual because you're trying to prove your worth as a partner and as a potential uh, mm-hmm. parent yeah. to a child. And so you see this, especially with birds, they're so cute when they try to figure that out. And then then the one just flies away. You know? <laughs> like, oh, he it worked so work. hard. He worked so hard. No, it didn't work. But th- that is that sets you up for some really important relationship uh, behaviors of paying attention and um, looking at what what is the other person like. What what's working? What's not working? Yeah. And when you bypass that, you don't have to figure anything out. And then you step on each other's toes all the time and it feels crappy. Mm -hmm. And so that's a real courting is such an important time. And again, if you can extend the length of we met till we were intimate, that is going to, again, set up your foundation for a much healthier and satisfying sex life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, We are uh, on the same note. We're not going to promote you being celibate before marriage or mm-hmm. any of that. What we're talking about here is just the whole mating ritual, and the mating ritual itself is does not exist in pornography. No. It is gone. Mm-hmm. It, it just because they they skip ahead and they right. and that's uh, part of our culture today. And part of our culture today is that you know instant gratification. Yeah. You know, and so pornography it falls right in line mm-hmm. with that. Um, number four, uh, everyone is turned on and ready at the same time. Just like that. <laughs> ready to go. I would say that this is the first indication of a developmental series that happens for a couple in a relationship. And so in the beginning of a relationship, that's kind of true. <laughs> you know, the first couple months is, you know, you, you can't get enough of each other. There is just so much going on right. as far as these neurotransmitters, mm-hmm. dopamine, and you know, you're just so into the person. Which is not sustainable. It, no, it's but not it's supposed lovely. to be. It's right. not supposed to be yeah. sustainable. And you know, it's part of that whole dynamic of coupling. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning, there's that excitement and the connection, but it is not designed to to stay throughout the entire relationship. So it typically shifts once uh, the couple is pregnant. And I think there's a lot of anxiety, especially for women, once they get pregnant, first of all, because they're worried about, well, I have to continue to perform sexually or he might cheat on me. 
or leave me. And then secondly, my body's changing. And how attractive is that to go from like being this little thing to being this big thing, Mm. you know? And so I think there's, this is when this idea of like service sex first comes in where, especially for women, they're very anxious about it. And then once the baby's born, they just don't have the energy for it. And so they're not turned on. I can tell you that right now. They're not turned on hormonally, like, like their body's going through all these changes. And it, I think it takes the guy a little bit to catch up because his body didn't go through that. And, you know, I think we also need to mention the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, sexual intimacy within a committed partnership is an evolutionary process. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be times when you feel more connected, more sexual, and then there are going to be times that you're not going to feel that way right? You're going to feel more far apart. And so there is, you know, maybe some days it's, there's a spark and Mm -hmm. that's all you need. And then other days it's like the oven. It needs to be preheated. It needs to be, you know, nurtured. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that nurture then, you know, it goes back to what we're talking about, that foreplay. And the foreplay isn't just about sexual activity, you know, but it is that you know, connection and affection and, you know, that talking to your partner in a way that, you know, nurtures that love that and, and that sexual intimacy. I would say that during that transition time, I think is when um, especially a man can learn to look at his woman as beautiful rather than just sexual mm, when yeah. she's pregnant after she's given birth that there's a beauty to that, that you just birthed this person's child, you know, and you're the one, you're the one who did that. And there's a beauty to it. Beautiful versus hot. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's none of that in pornography. Yeah. And actually that's really disturbing pornography Mm -hmm. when there's, we don't even need to go into that. Talk about disturbing (laughs) pornography. Uh, Number five on the list is, um, Sex in porn goes for like 45 minutes. That's painful. And I'm not talking about, you know, foreplay involved. Mm-hmm. We're talking about penetration. actual penetration yeah. occurring for 45 minutes. I, that's just not realistic. No. And, and it's not pleasurable. No. It actually is painful for both people. You know, that's not, it, it's just not. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's yeah. why it's in there because- I think it's hard for the actors the people on stage to get anywhere because it's just got to be the most awkward thing. Well, even, but it's painful for the actors. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, they have breaks, they have cut scenes yeah. and they have retakes. I mean, in, in reality, they're not <laughs> doing it for 45 minutes consistently. Right. But from a viewer's point of view, it sets mm-hmm. up such an unrealistic expectation. Right. And, you know, in this day and age for men that have enough performance anxiety and erectile dysfunction, men running to clinics to get testosterone supplements, yeah. running to clinics to get, you know, Viagra Pumps. and Cialis, whatever it yeah. is, you know, in order for them to feel like they are performing that is just now we have this this pornography mm-hmm. that's just you know like reinforcing right. that performance and makes anxiety. people feel terrible and so again you're talking about how you're showing up as an individual person you're not even showing up about how can i take care of my partner yeah. you're again worried and anxious 
about those kind of things. And, you know, just another little tidbit is that the longer you have foreplay, the better your body works. And the older you get, the longer those things take. And it isn't because there's a problem. It's because we're designed like that. Mm -hmm. Number six, um, again, uh, when it comes to unrealistic expectations, bigger is not better. Uh, Yeah. I can tell you there's been a lot more pain and suffering for women over bigger than over smaller. Uh, And for men, Mm -hmm. you know, this you know, insecurity about yeah. size, you know, it leads to body dysmorphic issues mm-hmm. where people feel that their body is not sufficient enough. I need to aspire to these unrealistic idealization of what humanity is supposed to be. Right. And they're running to, you know, plastic surgeons in order to make their themselves be that. And that's, it's just so heartbreaking, mm-hmm. you know, when you see a couple suffer from that because, right. you know, their, their insecurities are just brought up. You know, here's a little uh, bit of information. The female body is designed to change and it will, it will adapt to her partner. The problem is when you have multiple partners so if you're going from one size to another size, both the women and the men will notice a difference in that. But if you're with your mate, if you're with your partner, your body adjusts to that and it fits and it works perfectly. And just let that be and it's fine. Obviously, what we're talking about here is a committed partnership mm-hmm. right? where a couple is going through those developmental stages of their relationship including the sexual developmental stages as well. Right. So that is why a woman can give birth through the same place. (laughs) And I don't think there's any penises the size of baby's heads and her body's designed to go back to accommodate whoever her partner is. And so, you know, if you're in a committed relationship, that is a zero issue. And unfortunately for those poor women on stage or whatever that is in pornography, that's actually extremely painful. And actually people can get hurt from that. Um, To follow that one up, we have number seven and that's um, moaning through the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, from, from my perspective, I I think that the reason why they include that Mm -hmm. is the majority of viewers of pornography are men. And I'm at least saying, historically. I'm not, yeah, yes. I'm not saying right. that women don't view pornography. Some women do, but the majority of their clientele, and you know, this is based on, you know, people purchasing right. and yeah. getting memberships and everything. This mm-hmm. is the majority of the audience are men. And so the moaning that is supplemented, I, I don't know what would <laughs> and anyway you know, or acted, I should say, Mm -hmm. it is really to, to minimize any type of performance anxiety, right? And so if a man is struggling with performance anxiety, if he feels like he has these insecurities, he's not able to, you know, pleasure a woman, he's not able to make a woman happy sexually, then pornography is the best way to not be rejected. Right. Yeah. You know, it's the best way to, to feel like 
you know, you are valid mm -hmm. sexually. Right. And so if, if that is the point of moaning, then what is normal is initially when someone is touched and, and you'll hear people make sounds like that when they're being hugged, when, you know, someone comes in and rubs your back, you're like, oh, that feels really good. So initially that first touch that releases some neurotransmitters, uh, that feels really great. And there's usually a sound that happens initially. And, and that initial sound is sort of like, okay, you're in the right place. Keep doing that. But it would be distracting to continue to make noise. Mm -hmm. Like if you get massages, you don't, you don't make noise through a massage. No, that'd be really weird. That would be really weird. That'd be really weird. And then what happens is most people at climax will then also make some noise. Mm -hmm. And those really are the two anchor points, not all the way through. That's not normal. And if it seems like someone's just laying there and not participating, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on inside. And so that's the hard part. There's stuff going on inside for each people. And if that's an issue, then, you know, try looking at each other while you're going through those things and you will see it in their eyes. If, if something feels good, if they're relaxing into something, it, it, it's not so active on the outside. And I think you're right. I think if that's the goal is to make the guy feel more secure, mm -hmm. well, then it takes away from what the woman's experiencing if she has to moan through the whole thing. Yeah. You know, I just need to jump in here and just say that, you know, there, there aren't too many, um, role models out there. There, there isn't too many articles or, you know, journals or anything that really demonstrates what healthy sexual relationship is. Yeah. We found absolutely zero research, zero research about right. frequency, about how long it lasts, about, um, so, so there, it's just right. not out there. And, and I think the common message is, is that if it works for you as a couple, then it's fine. Right. And that's not necessarily the truth. Mm -mm. Right. And, and I know we're talking about pornography as something that is destructive to the bond in a committed relationship here, you know, but we're also talking about what is healthy. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and when people are sitting there trying to emulate pornography as a role model, that this is how healthy sexual relationship is supposed to be. It just brings up a lot of self-doubt. It brings up a lot of insecurity, you know, a lot of self-judgment. And what happens is that the couple doesn't really talk about their own experience. They just feel the shame and guilt and they feel the self-judgment and they both feel that themselves. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is that gap and that distance between them starts to grow more, right? right. And that's why this is so, so important mm -hmm. of a topic here because there are a lot of couples out there that are really struggling with this. Right. So number eight is that normal adults have body hair. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, we you just <laughs> do. You know, we go through puberty we get body hair. Right. And none of the adults, some of our barely adults in pornography have body hair on their bodies. They have it. They yeah, just, they just, they wax it. Shave they it, do very right. painful, extreme things to get that way. Right. 
right. and humiliating things. And it's not normal. That's so, not, we don't have that. And, and there's this infantilization right. that That's is occurring. Part. And, you know, it is, it's, first of all, it sets up some unrealistic expectations mm -hmm. for everyone in this world. But two, it also promotes something that is really, really just not really sad. shameful and really yeah. sad, right? You know, and a lot of people that you may not know that pornography is connected to sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the amount of pornography that is being consumed of people who are underage is really, really staggering. Yeah. And, and getting involved in it at a younger and younger age, because it is, you know, it is one of our most powerful things that we have. Our, our spiritual energy and our sexual energy come from the same source. And if it is designed to increase the light in each of us and to really help us heal. And so if it's that powerful on that side, it's that destructive on the other side. And when you hijack someone's sexuality early in life and they have this belief that that's their value and their worth and, and they're teenagers, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. Uh, it, it's so traumatic. It is. It is so hard it's to the come deepest back wound that we too. can do to a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number nine is that women are put in the role of being the seducers in pornography. Yeah. And, you know, if we go back to the courting idea that, you know, a man is supposed to show up and feel like he's a mensch, right? A good guy that can take care of her, that can protect her, provide for her. And I know we have women's lib and I know we have all of this kind of stuff, but as far as I've checked, Women are still the only ones that can give birth. And so it's really specific to a couple that when they go through that process of becoming parents, that the woman will be in a vulnerable position and she will need someone who can take care of her. And we don't like that. We don't like that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so this, this lie of the woman as the seducer, it works in both, both directions, right? Cause I don't have to worry about him taking care of me. I've got it down. And yeah. he doesn't worry about being rejected. That is the biggest part. Mm -hmm. And, you know, backing up to what I had talked about that the majority of consumers of pornography are men. Men don't view pornography, right. To feel rejected. Right. They actually view pornography, you to know, soothe. to soothe themselves and, and to feel accepted. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's the perfect place to, to go to. If you don't want to be rejected, you want to feel accepted every single time. And so if a woman is being portrayed as the seducer, you don't really have to invest much, right? right? You don't have to, you don't really, have to risk, you don't have to risk much and you are going to get the rewards in mm -hmm. the end without that risk. Yeah. And I think the biggest problem with that is what, what are you being accepted for? nothing like you're right. just it's nothing. I mean, there's there's no value you're bringing to the right. table anyway and i can guarantee right. you if you're in a real relationship you're going to get rejected and you're going to get rejected because you're probably doing something you shouldn't do rejection is actually part of mm -hmm. a normal relationship right. right and that's how a couple figures out that balance right. between the two of them and you know relationships are not perfect in the way that you are going to get everything you want and you're not going to have to work for it or invest 
in any of it, and you're not going to be rejected. That's just not realistic. You know, while we're on this topic, I want to talk about lingerie. Oh, because okay. females as seducers mm -hmm. typically are going to do something that highlights something that's visually sexual, right? And as a woman, that's that's an interesting part of our power and our strength. And there's definitely a place for that in a relationship. However, if a woman chooses to find clothing or dress up in a certain way because she wants to be empowered and, and turn her partner on, that is one thing. Mm -hmm. But when their partner asks them to do it, it makes you feel like an object. It makes you feel like the thing is more important than the person. And it actually is a terrible feeling. Mm. And I, I don't think that we really talk about that enough because, you know, it, we're not really talking about laundry. We're talking about intention. And power differential. Yeah. You know, and if you are asking, asking, you know, how much of that is more of coercion, mm -hmm. how much of that is control. And especially if couples are struggling with a power struggle in their relationship already, mm -hmm. you know, this is just another avenue where that is going to play out. And so again, we're talking about trying to bypass connection and bonding and go straight to instant turn on and sexuality. And we're actually going to be doing a series on this in the different stages of life. Cause when we're young in life, those are an important part of when we don't have a partner of attracting a mate. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but that, that needs to evolve and change as a relationship matures. And when it doesn't, and I think this is probably another one of those developmental stages is where her body's changed enough where it, it doesn't feel so empowering anymore to dress like that. And, and he's still looking for something and it's going back to that infantilization as opposed to progressing and becoming a, a bonded couple mm -hmm. that really takes, you know, 15 to 20 years of having a mate where you're looking at something else that is far beyond what's physical. Because if, if every relationship ended if it all started only because of physical attraction and ended if there wasn't physical attraction, none of us would be in a no, relationship. No, nobody would. <laughs> we wouldn't have long-term relationships. No. Yeah. You, you've seen your partner at their worst and you have not seen anyone else at their worst like you've seen your partner. <laughs> which, which as an aside, I, I don't know if any of you guys know that the research shows that long-term relationships, couples who have been together for over 20 years, they have the best sex ever. 55 and older. Right. Yeah. That, that's like the average It's 55. And I mean, there's, there's a reason why it's yeah. because they have gone through mm -hmm. all of this. Yep. They've been able to put, put aside all of the messages that the media and society has given them. And they have been able to dial it in and mm -hmm. connect at that real place in that real level. Yeah. And if, if you had to sit and worry about, geez, your physical appearance, you would, you just stop having sex. And yeah. unfortunately I know a lot of people there, out there yeah. have stopped having sex yeah. and it can't be about that. If it was about that, none of us would be having sex. 
that's horrible. I mean, like over the age of what, 25 yeah. or something or pre becoming a parent, there'd never be any second born children. <laughs> <laughs> so funny that number 10. So number 10 and, and the, uh, the final one here of why porn is not real and how it is detrimental to your relationship. This one we think is really the most important part mm-hmm. and that there is no bonding that is demonstrated in a relationship. There's no bonding at all, right? And bonding is such an important part of a committed relationship. You know, it is what biologically has has developed over time in our species to ensure the survival of our species, right? right? And we have neurotransmitters in our brain dedicated just to bonding alone. So when you have a sexual experience with your partner, your brain is flooded with neurotransmitters that says, I just potentially created a life here Mm. and the two of us need to stick together to ensure that this life can survive. Right. right? And so there's a lot of power right there in the, in those 15 minutes, right after you've had a great sexual experience. And if you're picking up your phone during those first 15 minutes, if you're dealing with your children, whatever you're dealing with is what you're bonding with. And, you know, if you can slow it down and hold your partner for those 15 minutes, wow, your health will improve. Your sexual appetite will improve everything. Your well, immune, your Im- immune system, everything goes, you know, just, just, you know, kind of focusing in mm-hmm. on just the orgasm alone. Yeah. Those neurotransmitters you're, you're talking about are, oxytocin and vasopressin Mm -hmm. and it helps us bond to the person that we're connecting with sexually so if you are releasing those neurotransmitters watching pornography right then you are bonding to something that is not real and you're not bonding to that real partner that you have committed your life to so this is the saddest part about the detrimental effects of pornography on a relationship is if someone is in such the throes of pornography, they will not want a real partner. No, They will not connect with their real person because they feel so much shame around that and so much not shame around pornography. And, you know, when, when you are, when you have a sexual experience with a real person and they get up and walk away from you, in those first few minutes, that makes your anxiety and depression go through the roof, mm-hmm. whether you're aware of it or not. And yeah, it's a rejection, abandonment yep. is mm-hmm. all, yeah. Yep. Because again, we're talking about a potential of a life. Not that most sexual encounters end, uh, end in a pregnancy, right. but, but our bodies are designed to, to merge at that place, not just physically, but physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. And when that gets ripped away, that's a really painful experience. And obviously in pornography, nobody watches till the end. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's the goal. And in real life, that is the thing you're giving up. That is the most powerful, impactful healing moment as the first few minutes right afterwards. So I, I know we didn't really touch on, you know, pornography, 
being an addiction. It is absolutely a real addiction. And if you know someone, your partner is struggling with this as an addiction, you know, that, that is a really serious thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they definitely need to, you know, seek out some help as someone be able to help them guide them through that. Okay. Um, so, but when all said and done, what we're talking about here are, you know, why pornography interferes in your relationship, why it can really be detrimental to the connection between the two of you. And, and why it, it, it really takes a serious look and needs a serious look. Yeah. And, you know, the, the couples who come and work with us in our couple to couple program, these are the topics we really talk about because you didn't get there just on accident. There are things coming up for healing. And if you're in any of these places that we sort of talked about, I want to tell you right now, you can fix that. You can heal it. Yeah. That's what we teach is how do you heal? How do you heal from things that have happened long before you met your partner that is blocking your intimacy. So if you have intimacy issues in your relationship, that is the number one criteria to come and do some couples work mm -hmm. because yeah. something's coming up for healing and it's either going to create a great bond and a healing experience for you as a couple, or it's going to destroy you. And this is work that both people have mm -hmm. to do within the relationship, Absolutely. right? Men, you have to do your work, which is very different and very specific. And the women have to do their work too in their relationship as well. I just want to add one more thing. There's a lot of women out there that feel that they have no sex drive, that their sexuality has dried up and gone away. And it's not true. What's true is the environment hasn't been safe mm. and your body will respond long before you understand that intellectually or even emotionally. And so if you have any of those type of things going on, you definitely want to do work around that because that's a shame. It's a shame to live your life without the greatest gift that we were given, which is to be sexual people and to have a bonded, intimate relationship with another human being on this planet. So we want to thank you so much for joining us today and for listening to Couple Synergy and watching Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships and this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. And, you know, if you know someone that can benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs, such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, our online community called Connections, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Every Tuesday night, we do a live Connections. It's uh, Facebook Live, but it's through Connections. It's a weekly webinar. Yep. And the weekend that's coming up is it's going to be limited because we're still in some difficult times. So if you want to be a part of that, if you really, if you're hearing any of these topics we're talking about and you want to dive into that, and this, that's what this weekend is for, is going to be fun. It is going to be educational, informative. Yep. informative, but most important, we want everyone leaving that weekend feeling awesome about each other. Which means it'll be experiential. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. So until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love.
You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Thank you.